This is D D. This is Drunk Doll. Mm mm. No oh, oh, oh. This is D D. Yeah, it's Drunk Doll. Oh oh oh. Oh oh oh. I had about one beer plus a thousand more. Oh oh oh. Oh, 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 I don't know if that's medically possible Hey Thank you so much for voting out there You DD fans You, you, you drunkies <laughs> Oh, oh, oh Oh, oh, oh Oh, oh Oh, oh, oh Hi, and welcome to the Drunk Dial Podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels, and with me is my co-host and producer. I'm just going to start saying that now for, for everything you do. You're my co-host and producer. Uh, Thaddeus J. McKee. Hey, co-producer. Co-producer. Uh, no, you're the producer. There's, I'm not producing anything. Right. I was just trying to figure out how to like put them together oh. to make it a compound word, a little uh, bit more cool. Produce, produce, produce host, produce Pro- host. That sounds like a terrible nickname. <laughs> Did you ever have any n- nicknames in high school? Well, my name is Dyke, so people just kind of stuck on that. Stuck on Dyke? Yeah, they didn't really need a nickname. Stuck on Dyke. Growing up, because my name was Dyke, and also it reminded, my name rhymed. I didn't realize, I thought people were just, because Dyke Mike rhymed, Dyke Michaels, you know. So I thought people were just, you know, they would say Dyke Mike. Okay. And I thought it would be making fun of my name because it rhymed. Okay, I didn't realize there was another reason oh. why you could make fun of my name. Right, I didn't. I never got the cool nicknames, man. No, I always had like the weird ones. Like what? You stink. As a guy, I prefer that not to be my nickname. <laughs> you stink. But I always had like really good like cologne. Yeah, and people would say, "No, you stink." You posted a picture earlier today that like disturbed me when I looked at it. I was what? Like, <laughs> well, here here's the thing: I couldn't figure out what it was. I mean, you were you were younger, and you know you were a little bit thinner. But the the thing that really I realized no beard. You you and me both have this: the area between our lip and our nose. If there's no facial hair there, we look weird. Yeah, like, like Ninja Turtles, he said. Yeah, like I look like a Ninja Turtle. You look like a, like a black Homer Simpson. You know? What? <laughs> that big? No, mine is twice as big as yours. But what I just realized is looking at you is how different the structure of your face is with facial hair, especially between the nose and lip. Uh, I look like a completely different person. I look like a weirdo without it. Okay. so I've shaved my facial hair there twice in my adult life. I've had like, nope. I've had something yeah and I was like oh maybe it doesn't look weird anymore and they'll do it and I'm like oh no it's still weird for a certain amount of money we should do like a thing where we shave it for like a month oh okay you <laughs> would look you look better than me like you look like a person I look like a I look like a turtle but like you look like a completely different person like you, like I feel like you could like Superman somebody if you just like shaved all your facial really? hair and came back in and be like who the hell is that it's like who's that guy who's that dude you looked somehow older. In that picture? Yeah. Like, you looked like an older, different person. I was like, who? <laughs> it took me a minute to realize. That was me? Uh, yeah. I was like, is this a picture of, like, dad's uncle or something? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that's crazy. You did, well, you had, uh, like, I think it was the angle, and you had a very serious face on, too. So I was like. Man, I, I feel like I'm just a shapeshifter. That's what I am. 
I shape shift through time. <laughs> and like instead of Benjamin but- Buttons like getting younger, yeah, I just shape shift. Shape shift. Well, you got completely different long long hair. Yeah, that's dyed now. Yep. I went the opposite. I had long orange hair when I was younger. Oh, in so, high school. So <laughs> I'm uh, dykening buttons. Yeah, dykening buttons. <laughs> you dyke buttonings. I don't. Don't say that. I'm like, like hey guys, joke. I'm dyke buttons. That was my other nickname in high school. <laughs> ironically, and I don't know why they called me that. I think they're just all like prophetic. Was there anybody in your high school that maybe had a mean name? A mean name? Yeah. Like Sir Shitty Pants. We. I mean, I, I would say we because I called her this, but like uh, there were some girls that had some unfortunate nicknames that looking back on in, in 2021 weren't maybe so kind. Like there was a girl we called yeah. we called Muskrat. Oh, okay. That's yeah. a, for a girl? Yeah. You can't call a girl Muskrat. No, nobody wants to be called Muskrat. Zero, even, including her. Even <laughs> muskrat doesn't like being called Muskrat. But it just, you know, it, it's, it's, it's stuck. You know, what's like what? how long did that stick? Like two years, you know. She's like, still alive. Like all high. Yeah, she's still alive. <laughs> how old do you think I am? I didn't know if suicide <laughs> played a part. No, with muskrat. Saying, a lot of my friends have died of old age. Well, muskrats <laughs> don't have long longevity. Uh, she's a she's a very lovely you know woman. You guys uh, still call her muskrat? No, I don't call anybody. There was um, there was a, a dude who wanted. He was a bigger guy and. He like I knew him before I even went to this school before I even went to Ben Davis. He lived in my neighborhood, and he wanted to be called Cheeseburger. He he said, "Call me Cheeseburger." He, call me Cheeseburger, and I called him Cheeseburger for so long that I literally forgot his actual name. Man, I was what is Cheeseburger's real name? Could you imagine you get stopped by the cops and like like uh who was that guy with you? It was Cheeseburger. <laughs> okay, give us the real name. I promise. That's all I got. It's Cheeseburger. I feel like there was a lot of when I worked at the strip club. There was a lot of girl like they the girls already have fake names, and we would still give them nicknames sometimes. Cherry on top of cherry, but it was just always terrible. It was just always like where they're from. So it was like oh, we call this one girl Kansas because she but, was from Nebraska. She, okay, we called her we called her Kansas and. Uh, yeah, it was just weird. Like that wasn't her real name or her like stage name. We just like or gave her, where she was located. <laughs> we just gave her a different name. You're Kansas now, man. You didn't have any nobody in your. You didn't have any. Okay, so in camp we had some bad name. We had this one guy named Skidmark. Okay, that's not a fun name. No, but was like, he a counselor or a kid? It was a kid. Okay, and the counselors went along with it <laughs> because we found out that he had skid marks on his underwear at night, and, the, and they were like super brown. Like to the point where it's like I feel like we all felt like it'd be wrong not to call him Skidmark because okay. he can't be doing that. Yeah, like we were trying to teach him a lesson. Uh, with the camp that I uh, went to as a kid, the <laughs> so like the first day you would get there, you get those agreed with. Oh, you got it. Uh, salute your shorts. Um, you would name the counselors the first night, or like the they would let the kids name like the. The area counselors, not that's your, fun, and so, and they were always like kind of gross names. So it was like you, and usually I think they kind of directed the nickname. So a lot of times, like the um, the lifeguard would be Pond Scum, Pond Scum, yeah, or like the 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 horse wrangler would be Road Apple. You know, they were kind of like gross, kind of gross names, or whatever. But I remember my friend who she was a counselor when I was a camper, and she's my adult friend now. 
Uh, they decided to call her for an entire week, uh, Fatty Boombalati. Fatty Boombalati. <laughs> that, was, that was her name. They gave her on Sunday, and everyone was like, "Yeah, okay, that sticks." And then all week long, she had to be. It was like, "Excuse me, Fatty Boombalati, can I go to the restaurant?" I don't know if this even matters, but like, this is a question that I have. Um, was she a Boombalati? No. Was she? Was she? Was she heavy set? No, but like. For the eighties or the nineties, like if she wasn't, but she skinny, owned it. Does she like this? She was. I mean, it was. I think she was taken in stride, you know. But it was just like uh, nobody, uh, nobody can enjoy that. They're like a group of kids looking at you and they go, "What do you think about me?" I don't know, Fatty Boombalati. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you have to go with it. Yeah, you had to go with it. Times were different then. Like even if they were racist, <laughs> we're gonna call them blacky. We're gonna call you darkness. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that like I did at camp that, that would never fly these days. Like a lot of like, just games okay. and stuff. Like well, there was a game where uh, guys would dress like ugly women. Mm-hmm. And then um, the, you'd run around and collect pieces of styrofoam in the woods. And if one of the ugly women came up, they would they would smear lipstick on their lips and they would pick up a kid and kiss him. Oh, they kiss him. And if they kiss you, you had to give them the gold. They were allowed to kiss them. Yeah, they would purposely like smear like lipstick like all over their lips, and then you they would pick up just snatch kids up off the ground and kiss them on the cheek. Man, and then they were like, "Hey, maybe we shouldn't do that anymore." This is so pre COVID. <laughs> yeah, this is so. Yeah, pre a lot of things. <laughs> this is pre nine eleven, <laughs> and then eventually, eventually it changed to they took a marker and they would mark your hand. Yeah, like it was a little better. The, I would hate to be that like trans over year, like that, <laughs> that switch over year. Like, hey, why are we doing markers? Where's the kiss? <laughs> We're not kissing anybody. I was ready. <laughs> Someone that mustered up. Well, sometimes it wasn't always. Uh, dudes dress like women. Sometimes it was women dress like, like they would purposely dress like, uh, they would make themselves, try to make themselves look ugly. You know what I'm saying? To be playing the ugly kissing sister. Mm-hmm. But you would know that. Hey, it was, let Fatty Bill <laughs> <Lattie> play. <laughs> but you would know it was like the hot, like lifeguard underneath. So then like the Under, old. Underneath. <laughs> underneath all the ugliness. And so, like, the older kids, like, the oldest boys would be like, oh, that's really the hot lifeguards. would be, like, walking slow. Like, oops, I dropped yeah. my gold. I that's guess I saying. guess I have to have another kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we have that at our camp, too. If we got three letters from your parents, you would get a kiss. And so, like, you'd always want, like, the hot, like, lifeguard camp counselor to give you a kiss. In this case, I'll just say her name was Joy. We always wanted Joy to give us a kiss. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, it was, but like that is not anymore. You can't do that anymore. Who would have thought that kissing children would ever go out of style? Yeah, I mean, someone ruined it for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was just like, who was the pedophile that broke the camel's back? (laughs) Well, a lot of times, too, like back when I was going to camp, sometimes the age difference between the oldest group and the youngest counselor wasn't that much. Like, sometimes they would, like, back in the day, they would have, like, uh, f- you know, sometimes fifteen-year-old campers and seventeen-year-old counselors. Oh, okay, you know what I'm saying. So it's like, oh yeah, the new fifteen-year-olds are walking slow for sure. Yeah, there's some crossover. That's how there. boys are. Yeah, yeah, eighteen. You know, fifteen and eighteen. Yeah. yeah, I remember like I always went because they had like old boys week and old girls week, 
and then co-ed. And I always went all boys because I was like, oh, why would you want to camp with girls? That's gross. Wait, you did? Like when I was like a little kid. Not when I was like, I mean, up until I was like 18. I was like, oh, gross. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then when I think of like eighth grade year, I went with my friend and he was like, yeah, we're going co-ed. And I was like, yeah, right. Yeah, of course we are. Like to get chicks, right? Like, and I just remember him like he had a thing for all these counselors. And I was like, oh, yeah, I never looked at my counselors like. I should be looking at him like that. Like, I don't know. Like, my puberty, I think his puberty had kicked in first, you know? Yeah. And he was like, okay, let's go to the co ed. Yeah. yeah. Like, why? <laughs> yeah. What's there? I want to play Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I don't get it. Do they play Ninja Turtles in co ed? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just, <laughs> trust me, you'll like it. And tell Skid Marks to stay home. <laughs> Man. Uh, <laughs> how do we get all this? Oh, nicknames. Yeah. Um, you know, I did have a nickname in high school. What was it? It was Papa Knight. Papa Knight. Yeah, I didn't like that. Now, what, what what does that mean? Did you ever see Constantine? No. Uh, with Keanu Reeves. No, I'm familiar that it's a movie, but I never saw it. I don't know it. Um, yeah, it, there's a guy named Papa Knight in there. He was a very extravagant dude. Yeah, was and he Haitian? Was he, a, was he a black character? Yep. Was he, did he look like uh, Baron Samdi? Um, let's pull up a picture of Papa Knight. Papa Knight. If you guys want to so, check ha- out who Papa Knight is. I have a feeling, I'm just going to guess that he looks like Baron Samdi for some reason. I don't know why. Okay, but I don't know who that is. Baron Samdi is, oh, he is a figure in Haitian mythology. How do you not know who Baron Samdi is? I don't know all the uh, Haitian. You should know all of the Haitian rules. I mean, I was 10 months when I left. (laughs) They don't like give you like a binder when you leave Haiti. (laughs) Study all this. Make sure, make sure you know this. There's, there's Papa Knight right here with that, that top hat. Papa Midnight. No. Oh yeah. I know that dude. I see him at night in my dreams. Yeah. All the time. He's got Let that me. skull face. He was in. He was. He was in James Bond. Yeah, yeah. They, they with, turned with him the into, top hat. Yeah, they turned him into a James Bond character as well. Oh man, we got an amazing show for you. Um, two very, uh, very, <laughs> two very good comics. Two amazing comics that I'm very excited to talk to. Mandy McKelvey, Natalie Baitner. Stick around, drunk, drunk dalians. Stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Hello. Hi, Manny McKelvey. You're on the Drunk Dial podcast. Hi. Nice to talk to you. So, wait. So, let me. Can you hear me okay? Because this is my first time doing this type of call. Yeah, I can hear you great. You're on the line with me and uh, Thaddeus J. McKee. Hey. Hi, Thaddeus. What's up? Hi. I just got home from work. What What is your What is your uh, work? What's your day job? I am a therapist. Oh. Wait. What? I know. Like, like talk therapy. Yeah, I don't know um, why I immediately I'm, thought what, like, <laughs> wait, what, wait, 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 wait. What type of dance? Well, there is dance therapy. <laughs> There's all kinds of therapy. I don't know why I thought well, I thought like acupuncture or something immediately was the first thing to pop. <laughs> and then I was like, no, she's talking about therapy, therapy. 
You're a yeah, th- you're well, a th- you're a therapist. I am. I'm the director of adjunctive therapy at a psychiatric hospital. So I actually do supervise like the art therapist, the drama therapist, the music therapist, that kind of thing. You haven't made it to the comedy therapist yet. God no. <laughs> and I've had more than a more than a few people try to sell me on that idea when they find out that I'm a comedian and that doesn't that just sound like worst of both worlds? <laughs> it sounds terrible. <laughs> I still would have killed myself. <laughs> right? Like it also you know, like like there's all that laughter is the best medicine or you know, humor therapy and stuff and to me it just sounds like the worst type of therapy and the worst type of comedy will make you suicidal. <laughs> yeah. So you're you're a real life uh, Harley Quinn then? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Wait, I, what do you mean by I that? I never really, she never really w- thought about. She was that. a therapist at a psychiatric uh, uh, Arkham, <laughs> yeah. Arkham Asylum. Oh yeah, literally at a at a psychiatric facility. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I'm very lucky that none of my patients are as seductive as <laughs> the Joker, I guess. Just, really blessed. Just stay away from vats of acid. That's all I ask. <laughs> I always find it interesting when comics have like serious jobs. Like, I mean, I have uh, like a, obviously a job, but like, like a, a serious job or like a stressful job, like like Gwen, yeah. Gwen Gwen's a nurse, you know, you're a therapist, yeah. and then and then comedy is like the the fun relief on the on the other side. You know, it's so strange because when I was when I was a brand new baby comic, you know, back in like 2005 or 2006, you know, people really it was literally the exact same time that I got the job at the hospital. And, um, you know, you know, the old guys really ruled the scene and I was just, you know, there was one girl per open mic of 20 people. I mean, it was literally there was 20 people cause you only got three minutes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one time, uh, I was, I'd maybe been on stage five or six times. One time another girl came to the open mic and a guy leaned down to me and was like, do you feel the heat? Whoa. And I was like. Oh my God, because he was like trying to be funny, but not kidding at all Mm -hmm. that like she was going to literally, literally take my one spot if she was funnier than me. And that was like perfectly acceptable at the time. And I, so I used to get a lot of bad advice from a lot of older, jaded, you know, male dominated comedians and, and people would really actually devalue me because I had a serious day job. They would say that. You can't do both. Uh, You've got to be all in with comedy. They'll be like, you got to sleep in your car and you got to sell, you know, if you've got to, if you got the option between selling, you know, uh, merch to, you know, get more merch or to eat a can of beans, you got to eat, you know, you just got to get more merch and go hungry. And I was like, or I'll use the, the money for my day job to pay my rent (laughs) (laughs) that's insane and then i'll just go to open mics because one of the problems that i was seeing is that everybody was trying to get like successful before they were any good Mm -hmm. and i wasn't even remotely on that tip like i knew i wasn't any good and i knew that it was going to take me a very long time to earn 
any type of a of, of, of a gig at all. And so, like, I was like, yeah, I'll just keep paying my rent and just keep open micing if y'all don't mind. I, I like, I, 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 I'm kind of on my own timeline here. Yeah. And you know, now I think uh, it, it's not like people don't have the same questions. They do. But, you know, the, the people that told us these things were also people that, you know, the, you know they used to get two $3,000 a week for club work. You know, yeah. they, they really could live on that. I mean, I'm, I'm booked every single weekend until Thanksgiving, and I've, I've been booked every weekend since, I guess, July. And I don't that that wouldn't put a that wouldn't put a dent in my bill. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm grateful for the work and I love it and I have a good time doing it. And I I get depressed when I can't do it. I mean, that pandemic was rough. But like the I can't imagine just like either not having a day job and and being so desperate for money. Mm-hmm. That you turn comedy into this like hated financial crutch, or you you just have a day job that you don't take seriously that you despise, that you're like that you dread going to every day, that you're miserable. So you like I think my comedy's so much better because I love it so much. It's my favorite thing. It's, I, I consider it to be my first job, mm-hmm. but but when comedy has deep dark valleys, and God knows it has deep dark valleys, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm never going to get booked again. Uh, I'm losing my touch. Nobody's interested in me anymore. My people are over me. Like when you go into those valleys, like at least I'm like, well, at least this doesn't equate to going hungry. Yeah. Like this is just a self-esteem issue. This is not, I'm not, you know, I'm still going to be able to pay my bills here. And also oddly enough, the hospital I work at has been cool as shit about like, just, they've never bothered me about comedy. Like they're just like, yeah, as long as your work's done, do whatever. And so I'll be, you know, maybe, you know, several times a month, I'll be scrambling to get out of there early. And like my CEO will be like, where are you off to? And I'll be like, oh, I, I got to be in Chicago in five hours. You know? And he'll be like, oh, cool. I love Chicago. Anyway, you know, <laughs> and they just don't, they don't bother me. They're like, yeah, that's Sandy. Don't worry about her. So, I mean, you can't really complain. Like there, it's, I work a hundred hours a week and that sucks, but like, you really can't complain when every when like everybody's just vibing and everything's working out. I yeah, I guess that's what blew my mind. Uh, not that you were a therapist necessarily, but like I know how much you work doing comedy, and then I thought about having a a nine to five on top of that. I was like, oh my god, that's a lot. Yeah, it's the worst. It's the worst. It's the worst. And that's like I'm a, I you know, and it like anything, you know, just like comedy. If you do it long enough, you you move up. Whether you deserve to or not, and and you know, so I I moved up in the hospital system. So you know, there are people that depend on me, and I kind of got a big girl job now. And so there are sometimes when I really have to be very present and very professional, and that's always hilarious to me. I always feel very much like I'm in a play 
mm-hmm. where I will like pick out an outfit and be like, I'm going to wear my boss outfit today. <laughs> and it's very stupid. I will literally pick out like a, like a fun suit. Yeah. And I will pretend I'm in charge of something. And then I will go to work and I'll sit in meetings and I'll have like my little planner and my little coffee. And I will literally pretend I'm in a play where I'm in charge of things. And like, no, Mandy, this is real. Like you're yeah. actually in charge of the, this particular part. The final, the, the final stage yeah. of imposter wow. syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't, it's kind of like fun. I'll be like, what's well, that a big meeting today? And I'll like, pick out a little outfit for it. <laughs> like, no, you just no, had a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> like nope that's we're all it's all our jobs that's our whole job that's amazing and it's so bizarre and i now but i will say this like with this is obviously the, the most responsibility i've ever had at my job because i'm middle aged now so like you just you're just more you just get deeper into your responsibilities mm-hmm. and like this is the most I've ever worked as a comedian. Thank God. I'm glad it's going forward, not backwards. But like, I don't, there would, there would be no way in hell that I could do any of this. If I had ever like gotten married or had children or anything like that. Like, I think it, everybody has like these things you pick and you're like, I'm going to hang on to these things no matter what I'm going to make room for these things. And I picked my day job and comedy and everything else kind of just like, just just didn't happen. Like, and I laugh about it because I'm like, how, where would you even put that? Like, I couldn't even take care of a dog. Like, yeah. I wouldn't even know, you know, I, I think that dog would just have the worst life hanging out with me. <laughs> I think, I think, I mean, knowing as much comics as I do, I, I feel like you're right about that, except for like, I feel like, but there's some people that like, oh, I picked my, I picked my kid in comedy or I picked my, my husband and more my wife in comedy, but like, you're right. There's always something that has to be sacrificed and then something that you'd be like, okay, I could do comedy and one more thing, but that's it. I can't take anything (laughs) else seriously. (laughs) And that may be the the formula. I'll be like, you get two, you get comedy and one thing, Mm -hmm. you better pick it. And I certainly never would have, it's not like I'm like, oh my God, I love this hospital. I would die for it. <laughs> it's not like that. It's just not like, oh, I'm so committed. It, it was a job like all other jobs. But I, I knew like, you know, when you find a place that like lets you live your life and helps you pay your bills, you know, you, I'm not, I don't, I don't have like a, like a wealthy benefactor to fall back on. Like I gotta, yeah, you know, I, gotta, I gotta be good, you know, right. I gotta be good to that job. And, uh, I can't tell you, particularly at my age, I didn't know these people when I was in my twenties, but now in my forties, I, you know, meet so many women who did not or, or do not work and, and, and not in a, not in a creepy, like, rich lady way just like they were the stay-at-home mom mm. they raised their, like you know they did all the things and yeah. their partner was the breadwinner and the children got older and now they're kind of chilling and i'm just sort of like and then in divorce you know there was like an alimony situation and i can't wrap my mind <laughs> around like another income coming into my life like yeah just other money 
just it blows my mind. I would feel rich. And I, I know, right? <laughs> this like, is what rich people even, feel like. Two incomes, like some, right? Because like I, I certainly couldn't wrap my mind about being rich, but like even just the basic things. It seems like a, a middle class thing where you like get married. You you know, one person has more financial weight in the relationship, and then one person pulls a different type of weight in the relationship. But I don't know what that's like, so mm-hmm. I can only focus on the parts that make sense to me and the part that makes sense to me is money. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh my God, you got free money. And they're like, no, I'm married, Mandy. And I'm like, how'd you get that man to buy you a house? And they're like, that (laughs) man didn't buy me a house. I married him. It's our (laughs) home. We have a home. And I'm like, I'm like, whose dick did I not suck to get a home? Like I'm, it blows my mind because they'll be like, we fell in love. And then like somebody just buys a house and they all go live in it. And it blows my mind. My, one of my dearest guy friends on the earth just, uh, just bought a house for he and his girlfriend to live in. Mm. And you know they've got plans to be together and get married or whatever one day. But you know, she was very open with me. She's like, my credit is a mess. I never could have had this house if he hadn't have, you know, you know, been the one to do it. And she's like, I'm so grateful. And so I looked at my friend and I was like, dude, you bought your girlfriend a house just now. And he goes, well, I bought a house and it's our house, but I bought a house for me, but it's our house and it's her house. And I was like, yeah, that's what I said. You bought this girl a house. <laughs> and he goes, and I was like, I was like, what have I done wrong in my life that no one is buying me a fucking house? I said, I, I said, I, I, I'm, I'm cute and I'm funny and I'm independent and I'm never around. So I know I'm not in any dude's hair. Why won't anybody buy me a house? And he's like, well, not with that fucking attitude. Sandy. Jesus. He was like, I don't think that's how you go looking for that. That's hilarious. And maybe you are very funny. Uh, I just want to get this. I just want to get this out there. You're one of the, you're one of the top, uh, top funniest comics I've seen this year. Out of like new comics I saw, like I was, uh, and both times I've seen you, uh, I was so impressed and just like, I mean, you, you see, you see people on a show in Bloomington, and you're like just not expecting to see. But like, obviously, like you say how long you've been doing it. Like, you should be famous. Like, you should be like a famous Aww. headliner. Like, you uh, just are, are riveting to watch on stage. And um, I, I, I really, I really enjoyed uh, like watching you. I'm like trying to take notes. <laughs> I cannot believe we got this on tape. So you're saying all these things into like it's being recorded and you're going to put this out there and then people are going to know that you said all these things. Uh, yeah. And I want, I want you to, because, uh, we don't have a lot, a lot of time, but I want, I want you to talk, tell us a little bit about that, uh, one woman show that you were doing recently. Cause I was very excited uh, about that. God, I love that thing. It's none of my stand up, which I love. Not that I don't love my stand up, but, you definitely, you know, uh, when you're not famous and so you can't uh, afford to perform to the people that are there to see you, then you're on the road. So you're just performing to the people that you're just thrust into their lives against their will. Mm-hmm. And so you, I, I think in a way that makes you a lot better because you sort of have to learn to adjust to just anybody. 
you know, in, including middle America. Oh yeah. And so I, I do think like I have my stand up that I've learned to do like just sort of, you know, to get tougher and to be able to relate to more people. But my one woman show isn't like that. My one woman show is like, come into my world and it's time for like a Mandy experience. Like, and I don't feel bad because like, it's just my name and it's like my show. And so you buy to get and come like, I assume you're on board and it's an hour and it's very funny, but it's not joke, 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 joke. And it's all true. And it's stories that I love to tell that don't always fit in a stand-up format because I love like things that are a little heavy, mm-hmm. have a little bit more. And then the you know, other just doesn't always really work when you're trying to just give some people, you know, people are trying to eat their fucking coleslaw yeah. <laughs> and you don't, you know, you're not like, so one time with my dad, you know, and it's like, they're not really, they just want to get jokes. So I wrote these stories about like just experiences I had growing up and things that happened to me. It's a bit of a, a little bit of like a self-portrait but you know there's a theme of course because it's a one-woman show so I tie it all together and make it all meaningful and I love that theatrical element where you can have like a theme and a meaning and you can have like these epic moments of silence where you're just like saying something heavy and nobody's uncomfortable because they're like not expecting to laugh they're like feeling the heavy emotion that you're saying and then you you get to do these beautiful tension breakers where you, then you like do a joke and then they, you let all the tension out and then they get to laugh and like release the tension. And, um, one of the stories is about, I'm from like a really uber religious, like deep South, really poor rural area. Mm -hmm. And there was like this weird customs. And one of them is about how I got taken to the dry cleaners as a kid because there was a man there who prayed off warts and so like my parents didn't want to take me to the doctor so they took me to the magic man that prayed off warts and he like did a ceremony on my warts and then like another one is about how I grew uh how I only developed one boob and it was like enormous and then I didn't grow another second boob and like I never did and so like I just had to get through high school and then I had to like undergo all these surgeries and all this like reconstruction oh wow and um and it was so you know because the story spans several years because you you start growing a boob but you don't know that there's only going to be the one so for there's like a long period of denial Then there's another long period where nobody will do anything because you're a kid and they assume you'll grow. There's high, there's all the high school trauma. There's like the dating, like the silly trying to date with one boob. Then there's like all the surgeries and money and all the shit that happens afterwards. And it, to me, it's just a, like, I love telling that story because as many as as I've told it, I'm still like, yeah, that's a fun as hell ride. Like going on that roller coaster of how that started versus how it ended up, that like 30 year span, um, I love doing it. And I have like a little bit of a, like a sad story in there, a little bit of grief and loss, which is like, that is the human connector. 
Grayson loss is the only, only issue, like from a therapy standpoint, grief and loss is the only issue that affects every single human on the planet, no matter race, religion, age, sex, economic status, anything. Mm -hmm. Grief and loss is the only one that hits everybody. It is everyone in the world. So like, I don't think people realize like how, how connecting that is. And I love weaving that in. And it's just, it's like that, it's that shit you dream about when you're a kid. Like, I'm going to make art. I'm going to make something that's uniquely my thing. And it's going to be all me, untouched, uninfluenced by anything else. And, like, that's what the show is. Well, now I'm really bummed out that I didn't see the show yet. <laughs> um, Mandy, I wish we could talk to you for a full hour or two. I, you know that I could talk for an hour. Absolutely. Um, I still love to have you on Heart of Brunch. Uh, anytime you're in town yeah. on a Sunday, hit me up. We'll figure something out. Uh, but yeah. where, where can people find you and follow you on social media and all that? The best thing to do is literally just spell my name right, and it'll post you to me on Facebook. Okay. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Mandy. Thank you for your time so much. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Hello. Hello, Natalie Bainer. You're on the Drunk Dial podcast. Oh boy. <laughs> what? <laughs> you're uh, you're uh, you're on the line with me and Thaddeus J. McKee. Well, that was the most underwhelming <laughs> I've ever. Like you knew you're, we were going to call too. Like it's not a surprise. We don't surprise comedians and say, "Hey, ha ha, you're on." She's like, "Oh boy, did we catch?" I, in- <laughs> I knew this day was coming when you asked me, and I said yes. Did we catch in the middle of a nap? <laughs> No, honestly, you know what just happened? I felt pressured to say something clever and instead just um, sounded like that. So oh, you, you, bo- you, you, you bombed the you intro. Bombed the intro. That's okay. Yep. The intro. That's okay. Yep. Right, well, yep, so, I it, bombed the intro. This is a safe place. It's only up from here, Natalie. It's only up. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, well, that's good. you're also following a really, really good interview with Mandy McKelvey. Okay. So, so. <laughs> Oh, damn. Mandy, well, I mean, I love Mandy so much. Uh, She's going to get trashed. (laughs) (laughs) No, we can't trash Mandy. I couldn't think of a single bad thing to say about Mandy. Just, okay, like, let's play a real quick game. Let's think of one bad thing we could say about Mandy. So everybody is at ease. We're helping you. Welcome to a segment where we pit comics against each other <laughs> for no reason. What we were just talking about, like we've came a f- long way yeah. in comedy where we don't pit women in against each other. Yeah, and now look at what we're doing. Yeah. Oh my god! Just because I didn't sound excited enough, and now I'm getting, being forced into a cage match with someone I love. Yeah. Natalie, you are uh, you live you reside in Bloomington, Indiana, which is a college it's, town. If you don't know, yeah, I mean, I know you know, but like, if an audience doesn't know, uh, now were you uh, are you uh, a townie or are you someone that came to school and, and just liked it so much that you, you you're sticking around and hanging out there? I um some of the things in the second category okay fit me. I would say, yeah, I I am not a townie. Um, I am from Michigan in the Detroit area, 
Oh, cool. Specifically. And yeah, I, I did come here for grad school in 2009 and I have, uh, stayed ever since, but the plan was to come here and become a professor, but the plan changed midway. So changed it a lot of ways, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not from Bloomington. Um, professor of what? Oh, sorry. That's not a very know. accusatory professor of what? Well, I know. Yeah, God. right, professor. <laughs> <laughs> no, what were you? What were you at school for? Oh, I I went to school for English literature, but I specifically uh, studied theater and performance studies kind of stuff. So. Oh, okay. Well, that's there's a lot you of crossover know. between that and stand up comedy. Oh yes, yes, definitely. And at some point, I taught. Um, you know, they they use the cheap labor of grad students to teach all the uh, freshman composition classes. And I did have a freshman comp class that I taught with my best friend that was on comedy, which was really fun. Um, and that was before I started doing it. So I had always like performed doing other theater stuff when I was younger. <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. You, you taught comedy before you did well, it. It wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, I taught writing and the things that my students had to write about were comedy things. Did you ever do improv? You, you have you give off a lot of improv vibes to me. Really? I find improv to be absolutely terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I no, I, I mean, my sister, I have a sister in Detroit and she does improv and she's like super. My sister is amazing and. She does improv and like musical improv where she'll be like improving harmonies and the words. And like it, it's that stuff is beyond me because it's like jazz, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, I, I like really respect people who do improv and honestly like think it's a very, I know this is going to sound stupid because a lot of people don't like improv but i i do think it is like a good thing for people to do and i think it, it kind of makes you a better person in some way like to be oh. able to just go with the flow and respond to things those are things i have a hard time doing so like yeah i believe i should do it but mm. i find it super scary because yeah. i can only disappoint myself with stand-up that's like, how i feel at the, I agree. Right? Yeah. It's a team and that's why it's so hard to watch at the lower levels cuz like you can watch one yeah. person bomb but watching five people bomb is just like it's so cringe. Yeah. But, but like yeah. it's it's awesome if you go to like Second City or you watch it on the highest level perform then it's really amazing but like the kind of introductory levels it's it's rough. Definitely. And I I, I don't get so much I don't like um yeah, it's definitely rough at the lower levels, but I, it's not even like the, I, I get some like contact embarrassment or whatever, you know, for the people on stage. But I also just like, I, I have been like, I won't say forced to do it, but like asked to do it mm -hmm. a couple of times. And like, I don't think that anything has scared me more than that. And like, it's always so funny because impressed people are always like, oh, stand up so scary. I'm like, no, I have like time to prepare and like time to think about it. And there's, you know, if I go up with all y'all, I can disappoint each and every one of you yeah. like, over and over again. 
Yeah. Be the, in front of people. Yeah, they'd be they'd be the weakest link in an improv troupe. That does not sound yeah. fun. You uh I feel like we probably had one overlapping year and I was in Bloomington in two thousand nine and I left. Uh, oh dang. I used to work at Opie Taylor's on the square. Oh, okay. You know what? Is that place still around? I think it's there, but I think it's closed down. I was down there recently for a comedy show and I tried to peep in and it looked like it was recently closed. Was that the peanut butter burger place? Probably. Yeah, it was a burger joint on the square. Okay. Yeah, I never did go there. That that was yeah, that was my first year here. I probably was at the vid a lot. I uh don't know why, but that's where we were. Yeah, you <laughs> wanted to get that twenty school. you wanted to get that, that, that thirty five dollar hot pocket. Oh God, yeah. Like the the vid at that time too, like like the vid still had character back then. Like they they like remodeled okay. it and turned it into like a more like a brothers type bar in recent years. Yeah. But like the vid used to have, I don't know, character. Yeah, CD CD corners and you know. I remember one of my simple characters. One of my worst experiences ever. I was out on a Saturday night and. uh I just had a bathroom attack. I just had to go number two <laughs> and like, I never want to do that in a, in a bar situation, obviously. No. And I just, uh, I just, there was no going around it. And I was just like, let's just get this over with. And it was like a bunch of like drunk frat bros, like in the bathroom. Like I could hear them oh, like God. talking at the urinal and you know, there was like multiple people in this tiny little bathroom and, Unfortunately, what went down in my stall was loud. It was a very loud sound. <laughs> and then uh, I just remember like some Chad being like, gross, dude. Somebody's taking a shit in there. <laughs> no. like, I mean, this is the place you're supposed to do that, I believe. But it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. I mean, uh, I, I mean, had that ever happened to you before or were you like, well, this is pretty bad. This is like the worst this could get. Sometimes when things like that happen, I do kind of think that way. I go, oh, this is the worst thing. This is the worst version of this. Like it couldn't get, you know, yeah. and it's like it sucks and it's embarrassing, but it's not that bad. I'm still alive. It brings you some joy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it yeah. sparks, like, sparks joy. But it doesn't, get, it doesn't get worse than but that. But it says like you kind of like oh I could survive that like this is I always thought that that would be the worst embarrassment and it's not. There's way more embarrassing things that happen than that than pooping in public. Yeah, well to be well, called out and, by you know yeah have someone comment on it <laughs> loudly yeah. to their friends. Man, I mean it's like that's like something that happens in a movie. You know that's like a gross out movie like premise yeah you know? yeah like, no, this is unbelievable yeah wait, wait he just sits there and poops and someone calls him out no one's gonna believe that what? is this a feature length film <laughs> yeah. this is a long movie Con constipation yeah and look, luckily no but there was no comics in there it was just like drunk rap bros because if people made good jokes that would be worse you know that like, was your problem yeah, yeah. the punchline is the problem <laughs> Not you soiling, soiling earth in front of people. <laughs> like hey, these guys had really bad comebacks. <laughs> hey, poop man, <laughs> does it hurt? <laughs> Not clever enough. I had a couple wild times. I one time I uh, 
Uh, Natalie, one time I, I, I was dressed up like Black Elvis. I don't really have time to explain oh. why. Oh. But uh, I fell asleep on this girl's porch, and I got asked to leave by the police. <laughs> no. And I'm walking home late at night dressed like Black Elvis. <laughs> and again, I found myself having to use the restroom. Number two. <laughs> number two. I mean, this is the number two. This is the, the second second, yeah. second story involving yeah. number two. This is number two. Uh, but I, 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 I just found like a empty parking lot and i'm in the, like the like the bushes and as i'm going oh god i look up and i realize that i'm in the parking lot of a planned parenthood <gasps> and i was very concerned now that the police were gonna find me there and think it was some sort of weird protest or something <laughs> <laughs> what statement is he trying to make <laughs> Black Elvis uh, shooting in a Planned Parenthood parking lot. I, I did not expect you to top a poop story with another poop story. <laughs> oh, he's got it coming. Yeah, un- unfortunately, Wait, on your hands, like we gotta, we gotta know. Like, can you count on your hands how many times you've been caught pooping? Uh, I mean, I'm sure I have. I'm sure. <laughs> If pressed, I could come up with at least three more embarrassing poop stories. The unambiguous shitter. <laughs> come to theaters near you. But the reason is because, like, I'm so, like, I, I'm so weird. Like, I, like, like, ideally, like, if I was rich, like, if I won the, the lottery or something. You'd I, shit everywhere. I would have, no, I would, I would want a private bathroom that only I was allowed to use. And I would have a maid that could come in, but she'd have to sign an NDA saying that she would never use the restroom. And then every time I went in there, it would be like, re- like you know when you go into like a fancy hotel and they have the like the seal around the toilet that it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just been cleaned? I want that every time. Like every time I go to the bathroom and then come back out and there's like a new fresh seal. And then so even you're it, like, yeah, you're like the cat that like want the litter box to be perfect every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also like I want it private. Like I hate going to the bathroom around anybody. Like I That doesn't sound like it. <laughs> no. I was just that's, about to say and yet <laughs> That's how much I hated. That's how much I had to go. Like it was like, "Oh, all, all my nightmares are coming true. All my nightmares are coming true." <laughs> I've been here before. Elvis has left the building. Did you say that when you were done? Oh my god! Well, I mean, it was just me, but I should have. <laughs> that was really great. Yeah. That would be great. If the if the police would have arrested me in the Planned Parenthood parking lot, uh, that, that that's what have been my catchphrase as I left. That'd been perfect. You'd be a Rogue legend. Shitter. <laughs> and I'd be in like the Monroe County, like uh, you know. Whatever the shitty newspaper is, <laughs> like, oh yeah, Black Elvis defecates yeah. all over Planned Parenthood parking lot. <laughs> no one knows what he was trying to say, but <laughs> yeah, we're not sure why. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to tell another vid story. No, very good um, element of surprise there. Black Elvis shitting in the bushes of a Planned Parenthood, like that. Just that's the movie right there. Oh. It's it's how we two lead hours? up to that moment. How how we get up to that moment. I couldn't do two hours of it. Maybe maybe hour forty five. <laughs> extra fifteen minutes would probably get me. We'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. Uh, it's like Harold and Kumar. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just about him finding a place of shit. 
Well, I, I, I used to have this thing that, like, well, since you brought it up, Natalie, uh, I used to have this thing where I would go out dressed like Black Elvis, and I had a mm-hmm. friend who would dress up in a Catholic schoolgirl outfit, and we would just mm-hmm. go, out, we would just go out to the bars and just basically be like mascots. Like we would just like get in, we get, we we'd end up in a lot of like uh, bachelorette photos. Like 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 oh. like bachelorette party photos, and we were just like dance around and be silly. People would end up buying us drinks and stuff, and it was just like, like, do you want to do you want a black Elvis to Catholic schoolgirl? And be like, yep, that's what we're doing tonight. Oh man, that that yeah, that sounds like a sort of uh, casual performance art. I mm. like that. Yeah. Now this is a better movie here. Yeah. Yeah. But then there was a there was a girl who I uh, had a crush on, and. um I think I thought more of the relationship than was actually there. So you took it too fast. And and like, Let I, me show you something. Let me crap in front of you. No, I just, there was no, no feces involved. <laughs> oh, okay. But I just, I just went to her house and knocked on the door. She wasn't there. And then I, I passed out on her porch and then her roommate oh, no. and then, and then she wasn't even there. So her roommate to see black Elvis passed out on their porch and they called the police. Which brings <laughs> us back to our original story. As they should have. Oh my God. That's so, Oh, Passed out on the porch, Black Elvis. Just it's scary. It's a, scary, right? Like if you were home <laughs> yeah. alone and you like heard a rustling outside and you just saw like a passed out Elvis, stomach bubbling. Now, well, now, like regardless of skin color, if you saw a passed out Elvis on your porch, you're calling the police, right? Well, Natalie? yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I don't know about that. I don't think I. I would do something. I don't know that I'd probably try and wake them with someone else but uh i mean if it here's the thing too if it was halloween this was in march bet- <laughs> march yeah because <laughs> yeah. i you know halloween time especially in a college town mm-hmm. like you see a lot of that sort of thing yeah that's why i remember i went to michigan state obviously big you know party school and i lived um for a summer in this this small house where a lot of the students lived. And uh, before that I had lived in co-ops, which is like a whole other party scene. But um, I remember one year that a drunken angel crashed into the screened in porch and fell asleep like the little baby on the porch, the screened in porch, but she had like broke through. Oh no. Uh, And then here it wasn't Halloween, but little five I was at home, like, um, in a in a different. Yeah, I was at home, and I was there was a, the house next to me was having construction done, so like they were always banging away and like crashing, mm. and they would go kind of late. Yeah. So um, one night I was just watching TV, and it was like I don't know seven seven thirty. It wasn't very late, um, and it was during little five. So I didn't give it a second thought because we didn't usually get students. I heard this crashing and I just assumed it was, I just assumed it was the construction workers. The next morning a cop was at my door and was like, did you see anyone break into your neighbor's house? Uh-oh. And I was like, no, uh, apparently this person tore through the screened in door, like the screen door, <laughs> busted the door down, then went about the room and like took down, they had like tall record shelves and like, uh, musical equipment and they just like left a trail of puke 
oh. everywhere they went. And like, it was like they were trying to hold on to everything in the room to steady themselves. But they must have been a, like a bigger, Mm-mm. stronger person because yeah. they like pulled it all down. Like the house was totally stretched. Mm-mm. Meanwhile, I was like watching Star Trek or whatever. I was, thinking, <laughs> you know. I guarantee you, ninety nine percent of the crimes in Bloomington are, are alcohol related. Oh, certainly, oh, yeah. certainly. Uh, when I when I lived there, when I first moved there, I lived on Seventeenth Street, which is almost kind of right across the street in Caddy Corner from the uh, football stadium. Yep, yep. And uh, I was sitting on my couch one Saturday afternoon watching TV, and I no one told me that when the IU football team uh, uh, gets a touchdown, they light off a goddamn cannon from the Civil War, and uh, <laughs> and they, all of a sudden you're just chilling at your house, and a cannon goes off across the street, like it oh blew me, it blew me off of my couch, like I thought I was under attack. And then yeah. you crapped your pants. Yeah, I was just about to say, did you shit that time too? <laughs> no. I, strangely enough, I've only shit twice in my life, and it was those two stories I told you guys. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can see why you had to go so bad. <laughs> Man. Uh, Natalie, real, real quick before we go, um, yeah. how, give us give us a little history on your uh, stand-up comedy. What got you into it? And... Um. Did you ever do You'll Laugh at You'll Zing back in the day here? No. Does that sound familiar? So, sounds Christmas. I mean, it does. It does. sounds real Christmas. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd always, uh, it's weird because I never really watched a lot of stand up growing up or anything. I was always like really into sketch comedy and character based stuff. And- Who was your favorite sketch comedy? Oh, kids in the hall. Nice, for sure. for sure. I love those weird Canadian boys. Yeah, as many of them as possible, um, and just get like Canadian shit in general. You were born. You, were you born in the early eighties? Uh late eighties. Late eighties. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm reverse. Yeah. I'm reverse engineering all this. Well, I mean, you could tell people that I'm older, and I can get some like cool points for <laughs> watching. For like, yeah, I I saw that the first time i don't know i don't know anyone under 30 that's like referencing kids in the hall well i am i am over 30 i don't know if you know that was that a gas yeah that was sad he he just he just woke up actually i was yawning oh man i was yawning hey i'm glad glad hearing my age brought him back (laughs) he he, he fell asleep during my poop story and then (laughs) then your age No. Woke about. We're not doing poop stories anymore. I thought we <laughs> no, still no. going. No, um, yeah, I I learned that you're not supposed to ask a lady her age. Yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't. Mm. No, I was trying to be coy about it. I was trying to be. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ask her her age. Yeah, but a lady just recently asked me to ask her age. Asked oh, you to did? ask her. Yeah, we were just talking. She's like, "You look young," and I was like, "Oh, I was guess my age." And like, she guessed. She, it's my turn. I'm like, "No, I'm not guessing your age." Oh, in God. the middle of this Applebee's. <laughs> and, <laughs> a bad place. Yeah, and then she's like, "Do it," and I did. And like, you guess, you try to guess low, right? Usually, yeah. Yeah. If you want to be, yeah. I was trying to guess low. You didn't guess low enough. I went too high. Uh, like oh. fifteen years over. Yeah. <laughs> How old was this girl? <laughs> Wait a second. It was bad. 15. I was so embarrassed. Like she was bad. I was like, I, I'm not good at guessing. You asked me. No. 
But am I it's the bad really guy? It's really unfair. No, no, it's really unfair to ask someone. I, I don't understand why. I don't think, I don't know. If someone asked me how old I was, usually it's going to be in a context like this where it's like, were you around for blah, blah, blah. Right. Or like this yeah. might be before or after your time. And like, I see no problem with that. I don't think that's. But why is it inappropriate? Well, when you, when you start saying like, Hey, here's the thing. Like I noticed, like you started to say like, you remember 2009, a lot of people that are, that I deal with in comedy were like children in 2009. You're like, I yeah. moved to blooming in 2009. I'm like, that's a year I remember. And then you're like kids in the hall. And I was like, this is an adult woman we're talking to. Yep. Right? <laughs> I'm a mature woman. <laughs> a mature woman oh. of intellect. Um, yeah. I, fa- I don't find it offensive at all. I found, I, I found myself in a sticky situation, Natalie recently where uh-oh. I invited a person over to my brunch podcast um, just to hang out, but also maybe maybe to suss out for a future date. I don't know, sure, uh, sure. possibly. And then, yeah, multitask. And then I think we I think we both got uh we both got asked our ages at the same time, and I think we both like I think I thought she was older and she thought I was younger, and I think we looked at each other and we were both just like, Ooh. <laughs> 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 whoops. Ooh, and, did it? You still talking to that person? No, no, I am not. <laughs> Who, Javanay? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> what? Her name was Javanay. Her name was Javanay Ramsey, which is also it's, it's weird. Oh, Ramsey, you going there? <laughs> I'm just making up a name. Oh, you didn't have to add what? that story. I, see, Dad, I'm, you were not. You were not just pulling that name out. That <laughs> name means only one. Yeah. Thing. We almost got him. Be quiet. We almost got him. There's, there's only one John Monet. There can only be one. Rest in power. Are we sure though? I don't know the whole story, obviously. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely. Have you ever have you ever been like uh, talking to a person that maybe you were interested in and then realized that they were like way younger or way older? Uh, no, I, I can't say that that's happened to me on either side. I don't think that's ever happened to me before. She's very age accurate. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm yeah, not, I guess. I'm not a creep, Dyke. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I only go to the places mature women go to. Yeah. She's like, I never dressed like Jackie Onassis and took a shit in a Planned See? Parenthood. <laughs> See that? Here's the thing, what I'm saying. I don't know. I still, I'm forgetting why it's inappropriate to ask a, a lady's age. Like, yeah. then you get stuck in those situations. Like, like, oh, like you pervert. Like, we're we're not allowed to ask. Like, it's <laughs> it's one of the rules. You can't ask. And then like Dyke is innocently trying to, uh, like s- say hi or hey, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's almost illegal. <laughs> You're five years away from prison. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. What's cra- what's crazy is that I'm so old now that someone that has completed college and is like a full grown adult is still age inappropriate to date. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I know what that feels like because having been a teacher and like living in this town, oh, like yeah. the college students all look like twelve year olds to me. And I know that's a cliche thing to say, but like no. they do look younger every year, but they're not getting 
you know, they stay the same age. Yeah. I just get more mature. There and- is. <laughs> the, the, the the thing about that is, is I also, that during that same party, I had two of my friends that came over who are vibrant young women, but they're both like 35. And I mm-hmm. would I would say that this person in question and my two friends all looked the same age. So it was a real Damn. like... Man, thirty-five to twenty-four, <laughs> like every. But it was like there was some uh, context clues that I, I missed. She said that she was dating. She had uh, dated someone that was a uh, a drift racer, and she seemed very excited about it. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, what you got to do is just like bring up somehow casually bring up nine eleven, <laughs> just casually. Always, you know, a- just flip. Flip that in, and That's then I the think from way. there you'll figure it out. Yeah, because I'm like, man, I was 47 when 9/11 yeah. happened. How old were you, <laughs> my lady? Oh. <laughs> 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 That's my new barometer. Like that's my new way of asking women their age. I'm telling you, nine eleven. Yeah. Like, did that ruin? Was it that bad? Did that ruin your junior high or kindergarten? (laughs) I was just moving into the nursing home, and I realized planes. Oh, you don't even remember? You weren't even born yet. Oh no! I said I was moving into a nursing home. Oh, (laughs) I don't remember because of that's not. We'll workshop that. We'll come back to that. Yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I think they're too busy worried about like, oh, what is their appropriate response to this thing I'm not supposed to forget? You know, this thing, and then you you just slip in, and you'll you'll figure it out. The the age will come out through that. They'll float to the top. This has happened two weeks in a row where we had such a good time on the back end that we went long. Uh, Oh, we did. Yeah, Natalie. Thank you so much for calling into the drunk dial. So much fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I could I could talk to you for another hour. Uh, where could people find you and follow you on social media and all that good jazz? Yeah, uh, you can find me at haunted underscore neighborhoods on Instagram, NP Bainty and Twitter, and just my name, Natalie Bainter on Facebook. I'm out there. What is the haunted neighborhoods in reference to? Oh God. Um, you know, people ask me about that a lot more than I thought they would. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I don't even remember at this point. Maybe like an Elliot Smith lyric back in the day. I don't know. All right. She forgot. I don't know. That long. Never forget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it was about 9-11, if they, those haunted neighborhoods. Yeah. yeah. She forgot. I fucked up. Oh. I fucked right. up. Well, Natalie, it has been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, yeah. And we'll see you next time. On Sounds the, good. On the drunk dial. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. We still doing plugs, Dyke? Oh yeah. We always, I always forget the plugs. You're 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 on top of it. Daddy's Jay McKee. Where can people find you and follow you on social media? <laughs> I, I hate going to me like right afterwards. Like, <laughs> hey, did you forget something? Oh, did you forget to feed me? Yeah, feed me. Feed so me I can, a plug. This is the reason why I do this. So I can plug. I need a plug. I had to hear two of your goddamn poop stories. <laughs> Sit through this shit for a plug. 
I'm gonna get it. Sounds like you had to sit through more shit than me. Hey, my plug is Sirius XM will be in town recording at Crackers, Indiana. What? That's Crackers, Indiana at September 23rd. On September 23rd, that is a Thursday. Be there at Crackers, 8 o'clock p.m. Come and support. We're going to have a big shindig. Um, there will be drinks. There's going to be food. Uh, this is a this is a big deal. Laughter. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> there will be no food. laughter. Don't come to laugh. Yeah, come, come to, to eat. Yeah, drinks and food. No, it's going to be super funny. There's some uh, funny comedians that you haven't seen before, and uh, the whole gang's going to be there. All right, uh, I'm going to be at Wooden Bear uh, Brewery this Wednesday, and I'm going to be at Hotel Tango Distillery this thursday doing comedy so that's right if you like beer or you like craft cocktails and you want to see my mug telling jokes come on out and see us right um, if, th- if you really just want to ignore my plug and go to <laughs> <laughs> wait which one was yours it's, it's on or, thursday it's the same day it's thursday no i what oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like how we're plugging for the same day yeah that's funny um, <laughs> i don't has that happened Probably. No, I don't think so. I think that was the first time. You definitely smashed over someone else's plug last week, and it was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Um, no, Smashing but go, go to th- go to Thad's thing. I don't know. <laughs> go, go. Yeah. I, I don't even care about. You know what? I'll, here's to be honest. I don't care about my plug. To be honest, I'm at Wooden Bear as well too. So. <laughs> come see us both at Wooden Bear. How about yeah, that? Yeah, come see us both at Wooden Bear. We'll and both then, be and there. And then don't do anything on Thursday. And then yeah, Thursday. Thursday, don't come out to anything. Right. But if you do, come on, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time.